Okay, it is another Rip Roaring episode of Bachelor Massacre featuring me, Jay Waves, and my illustrious co-host, Mandy Says. How you doing, Mandy? I'm good. Did you have fun uh, this weekend on your ski trip? I did. I did. I fell a lot, but I still had fun. <laughs> you know, uh, I teased you for not getting uh, Chateau uh, correct on Jeopardy last night, but also... You know, what's the difference between a chateau and a chalet? I know. Uh, so a you chalet, seem like, I feel like you're a fan of both chalets cha- and chateaus. A chalet usually refers to something like a house that is referred to or connected to some kind of slope or skiing. So the situation. chalet is directly on the hillside. I believe so. Whereas a chateau could just be in the woods or yeah, on the cha- plains. A chateau, I think, refers to like a country home or like a... Yeah, like a country home, like a French country home. Oops, hold on. Wrong. Uh, you know, when you said uh, a country home, I wanted to say. She's a little cunty. She's a little country. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, that was uh, that was the Lurk Mode guitar guitar stab, oh, if you recognize that. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. That was the Corona Toast. See, I'm, I'm, I do so many podcasts. That was the Corona Toast guitar stab. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Segway. I like it, though. The Segway stab. Yeah, it's cool. It's from... Um, <clears throat> It's from, uh, I sampled it from an LL Cool J song. Mm, yeah, it's you pretty, would. pretty iconic uh, hip hop sound. Well, I'm glad you had fun. I'm sorry there wasn't a lot of fresh pow pow for you. And it was no. mostly some snow kibbles on uh, <laughs> on a sheet on a sheet of ice. But it looked like y'all were having fun watching um, deer, live deer in yeah. the, from the hot tub. My friend Caitlin ended up throwing strawberries at them. We had like leftover strawberries. <laughs> we were feeding them and uh, and they started getting really close to us in the hot tub. So we're like, Caitlin, throw them far away. She throws them where they fall in a trail that essentially brings them closer to us in the hot tub. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's my it was my fantasy uh, a couple summers ago when I was uh, the, jogging on the trails by my house a lot. And there's a lot of deer out there. And my goal for the summer was to pet a deer. Oh, yeah. You did say you wanted so, to pet a deer. y'all weren't interested in, in getting close to these deer. Don't you want to just pet a deer just once? No. Just gaze into its no, beautiful, they, they wet look, eyes? They look like they smell. Huh. I mean, I suppose all uh, <laughs> all large horse-like creatures do look like they stink a little bit. Unless I know I'm going to get to a position or a place where I can wash my hands immediately, I'm not interested. You wash them in the chlorinated hot tub. Yeah, but now the hot tub is contaminated with deer stink. Well, that's what the... <laughs> what if then, yeah, it just started bubbling up and, and you and all your uh, cute girlfriends smelled like venison for the, <laughs> the rest of your girls' weekend. <laughs> that would be awesome. Grody. All right, you ready to crack this thing open? Let's do it. All right. The show opens with individual shots of each of the women, pensively pacing the grounds of Nima Colon and trying to keep their eyes wide and wet as the wind blows dust and bits of leaves directly into them. Next, we see the three women hanging together on overstuffed couches, and the tone, while somber, is at least pleasant. I can't help but think to myself that were I in the same situation, I would have already found some antifreeze in the supply closet and I would be asking the other two men if they wanted anything to drink. This also makes me think of another factor that, while there are exceptions to the rule, is very important to practice. Keep it drama-free. Despite the story with Rachel after the fact, none of these women were involved in any petty drama. Same thing with the finalists on Tasha's season. Drama will get you talked about in recaps and might land you a spot on BIP, but it rarely lands you a bachelor or bachelorette. 
Though one could argue the former is more valuable, especially if you aren't there for the right reasons. <laughs> we find out Michelle will be going on the first date, but first Matt has some other business to take care of. So how did you feel going into all this? What was uh, what was on your mind? Well, it was nice to see the girls getting along. They seemed pretty calm, but we started to get little hints of Rachel slowly unraveling. <laughs> unraveling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I liked that, you know, the beginning, the girls just seemed genuinely really excited. And, you know, when it cuts to him talking to his dad, I didn't expect that to happen. Well, we'll uh, we'll get into that. Yeah. Question. In this scenario, would you rather be first, second or third? I actually did think about that because I think Rachel said that she wanted to be first. But I I think in this situation. Yeah, I would want to be first. You would want to be first. Yeah, because you wouldn't be. uh you wouldn't have any of the other women's V sloppy slime. seconds. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. Your, well, we'll be talking about that as well. I mean, what about saving the best for last, though? I mean, from a over, well, I don't want to jump to it too much, but from an overall like like quality of hotel room situation, they definitely save the best for last. <laughs> well, perhaps that was intentional. We shall see. Matt informs us that he needs to talk to someone before moving forward. We hear a knock at the door and are introduced to Matt's small but fierce father. This is a moving scene, and for the most part, I don't really have any interest in making fun of it. Matt's father seems to think he can dodge the tough questions by heaping praise on his successful son, a technique very different than what Matt does when a woman puts him in a difficult place, which is to immediately shut them up by chewing on their lips with his eyes open. I know this is very hard for Matt to face his father in this way, just as it is difficult for a man like his father to admit that he was wrong and apologize. He spars with Matt using his own fatherless childhood as an excuse, and I have no doubt that we are looking at two men who have both experienced trauma that has shaped them into the people they are. Matt wants his father to know that he is going to be different, but seems to need his father to be a part of that decision before he can believe it himself. Matt's dad is unfortunately plagued by an old school demeanor that makes him feel like he did everything right since Matt is so good looking, talented, and successful. But all Matt wanted was for his dad to be present in his life. Matt's dad sheds a single solitary tear from his eye, but hundreds of them seem to be escaping from his bald head. The two eventually hug it out, and we know that things are far from fixed, and likely they will never be, but that Matt feels he has what he needs to at least move forward with his fake television love life. <laughs> So yeah, this was uh, this was very moving and yeah. intense. I think it's the most authentic we've seen Matt to date. Yeah, definitely. Um, and clearly, this is a huge source. I mean, he he pretty much says like this is the reason why I'm closed off. Right. However, do you think this sit down when we think about the big picture and what this show is all about? Um, and what we know about Matt to this point. Do you think that this sit down was totally necessary? From who, from Matt's perspective? Let's say totally necessary to be televised, to be on the show. Well, okay. I mean, obviously it's good television, right? I yeah. mean, the producers would not want to pass up an opportunity to put this right. on TV. I do think that Matt despite how, you know, boring or whatever he may seem. I, I do think he's an emotional guy. And I do think that 
his past does have an effect on him. Right. And it seemed it seemed like this was a conversation that he wanted to have. I didn't feel like the producers necessarily forced this on him, though. They may right. have done work like tracking his dad down because who knows? Like, I mean, he says he's been in his life off and on, but I don't know like what kind of touch they're in. I didn't get the impression they speak very often. His dad was kind of like sizing him up like he hadn't seen him in a while. My thing is like, does he... Because he, he talks about having commitment issues and he kind of points the blame to his father not really being in the picture. And I'm wondering if him having this conversation with his dad is going like, I don't understand how I don't understand the connection between him confronting his father and that settling his fear of commitment. Okay, well, so there's, um, I'm gonna go kind of deep on this. Yeah, do it, um, I wanna hear. Psychological. So there seems to be a thing in sort of confronting your abuser. But you know, I, I watch a lot of thrillers and I only listen to murder podcasts mm -hmm. and I am very much constantly being exposed to like depressing stories of murder and there's a recurring theme of the children of like serial killers and murderers being worried that they are going to become because like they've genetically been predisposed or whatever I that see. they they are maybe evil within. Right. Even though they they seem to know right from wrong, but they they they're worried that they have some flaw that's been genetically passed down. And so I feel like Matt needed to confront his father and sort of say to him and you know i guess in a cathartic way like i'm different from you and i'm not going to be like you but that matt may have some doubt in his mind because he is his father's son that mm. maybe he i think matt is scared of maybe having a family because he's worried like what if i want to run away like my dad and so i think that you know, assuming this was a very genuine scene, which I mean, it felt genuine that, um, yeah, he just needed to sort of look his father in the eye and, and say, I'm not like yeah. you and see how that felt, you know, to feel validated by, yeah. by telling him that. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really <laughs> profound. Damn, maybe. Yeah. I, I think I completely agree with that and I can 100% see that perspective. And to that point, I think I think he wanted to see remorse from his father. I think he wanted his father to show some remorse. He definitely Which he almost didn't get though. He I, I know. think he got some, but he had to dig really hard. I mean, the dad was like not he was deflecting, he was placing blame on other things. Right. I mean, he did not want to give it up. Yeah. At one point his dad kind of looks around and is and it's like he's looking for help. Well, no, I think he looked around like, are we having this conversation right now? Like, I don't think he wanted to have that conversation. No, and I think he thought he was there to like party on TV and with his celebrate son. celebrate him. He came through in the white pants, man. He was yeah. ready. He was like, what's up? Are we in Miami? Yeah, I know. <laughs> his dad was dressed very spring now that now that I think about it, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's going to be snowing there like nice. next episode. It was and like a linen shirt or yeah. something. <laughs> like, he came through in like the Tommy Bahama ready to throw down. He was flowing. He was definitely flowy. He had a sweat towel ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but you know i definitely I, but who knew how his dad grew up i mean I, did he say his father was murdered yeah when, when he, he was, was five, five and he you know like i'm not gonna just say like okay he's from africa so that means it was rough but like he could have very well had like a pretty hardcore 
oh yeah upbringing he's obviously been affected you know i mean he i don't know i started started thinking all kinds of stuff about his father's childhood and like trying yeah. to figure out like why his father was the way that yeah. he was you know because where i just the older i get the more i just realize we're such products of those uh like early environments like as a child you know we're so affected by that i yeah. mean you and i both just from talking to each other are affected by our own childhoods everybody is you right know, our, our upbringings or our parental relationships or whatever you know we want to call them yeah and i think every generation suffers a little bit less but suffers a little bit based on on the, or suffers you know, in a different way in a different in way a modern yeah a modern way yeah so i think that you know maybe in his father's mind he did really good compared to I definitely what think, he had. Yeah, he's, I think his father looks at him and he sees a success. And he's right. like, hey, you know, like my role contributed to this and look how awesome you are. Like you came out fine. I didn't do anything wrong. Right, right, exactly. Why is this the most mature episode uh, ever <laughs> of Bachelor Massacre? Which I still, did I even say Bachelor Massacre in the beginning again? I never say it. I think you did, you did. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. Okay, all right. Uh, we ready to move on? Yeah, let's do. But yeah, that was, I mean, I felt moved by that. And I, I just, Matt, like, I know like from like when I read other recaps and people say negative stuff about Matt, I like buy into it. But like, I don't know, man, I'm an empathetic guy and I don't know. I, I really felt for him. I just, oh, when, I, when, he, when he gets sad, he may have been a guy who's had a charmed life. But when he is sad, I feel for him. It makes me sad. Oh, I cried for <laughs> sure. When he was when he was crying, I could see that was a real. Oh my god! When he talked about like I didn't want pizza. I oh my shoes. god! Growing up, he'd come around every now and then, drop off some shoes, buy us pizza. I didn't need shoes, man. I didn't need any shoes. I didn't need any pizza. I need a dad. I lost it, oh, this no. poor guy. All right, let's move on before we cry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt shows up for his date with Michelle wearing a sweater that, while not a turtleneck, has a crew neck collar so freakishly large that I can't help but think that Queen Victoria was right and that Matt is indeed a court jester. <laughs> <laughs> gesture. A court yeah, a court gesture. Matt waits for Michelle in the rain, and you can tell that one day in high school he showed up rocking an umbrella and one of the guys on the football team called him a pussy and he never used one again in his life. Seriously, this guy is always just standing in the rain. Michelle arrives to find out she will be having the spa day with Matt that Katie thought she was going to get. And with all the butter that ends up getting smeared around, I also think Katie's vibrator could have easily found itself a home. <laughs> the spa is billed as a Pennsylvania Dutch style, which is 100% something that the producers just conjured up, along with fire crickets and the implication that Katie ever had a real shot with Matt. <laughs> My mind immediately goes to a Dutch oven, and I imagine Matt pulling the sheet over their heads as Michelle <laughs> pretends to think it's funny in order to get that final rose. And it's probably not too bad, though, since Matt has probably only been eating tender pea shoots and baby carrots since his carb-filled hometown date with Serena P, since he knows that he is going to have a lot of shirtless scenes coming up. They are dumped into a room covered in dead animal hides and filled with various buckets and tubs of Chris Harrison's breakfast. 
which includes <laughs> which includes oatmeal and milk. Unfortunately, there doesn't appear to be a case of raisins or a barrel of cinnamon anywhere in sight. <laughs> Matt pokes his finger into numerous crevices and then smells it, but he fails to deduce much. Hilariously, they are given zero instructions, so they just start freestyling by putting their feet into a buffet tray of hearty oats. They then <laughs> proceed to give themselves some sort of butter massage with literal sticks of butter flying left and right. <laughs> At one point, they also beat each other with leaves, which clearly must be rosemary and thyme because they then immediately start to roll each other in flour. <laughs> JK, it's time for the milk bath. After vomiting... I returned to see them maxing and relaxing on piles of fur in front of a roaring fire, and for the first time on this date, I feel okay with what is happening. Smearing food on your body is fucking gross. Period. <laughs> Matt is wowed by Michelle's close and loving family, and he seems to be really uh, into it, and I start to feel Michelle may indeed have a chance to take this thing home. For the dinner portion, Matt shows up in a very soft-looking blue blazer with extra soft calfskin on the lapels. The evening goes swimmingly, and I actually find it hard to believe that there could be two more dates after this because it feels like this could be it. The fantasy suite is confirmed, and in the morning the two snuggle and pretend they're married. But before Matt can brush the taste of Michelle off his teeth, it's time for another date. Matt looks sad and laments the fact that he has to have sex with two more beautiful women. <laughs> so what do you think of this date? Oh, my God. They looked pretty serious. They looked good. It was so you, so gross, though. They can, it was disgusting. They can just never. Why can't they just do a nice, normal date? Why can't they just say, all right, we're going to we're going to set up a nice little thing for you aromatherapy oils. Bro, sticks of butter, like olive oil. You know what? Give me some olive oil. Give me some salt. I'll pretend I'm cleaning the skillet and I'll exfoliate you. <laughs> I would much rather rub olive oil on somebody than sticks of butter. Yeah, it was so- Sticks, multiple sticks <laughs> of butter. At one point, it looked like she had dumped like- like 10 sticks of butter just on him. Well, they were covered. Like nothing. There was a shot of them and there was they were glistening. There was not a single inch of skin that was not slathered in butter. Can you imagine what they smelled like? Like it must have smelled so fucking gross in that room. It must have smelled so bad. And and I don't know, like they were. I love our connotations because, like, on this episode, you're very like smell averse. You're like, don't want to smell like stank deer. Don't want to smell like stank butter. <laughs> Meanwhile, like all my sensations are just like, I just want to fucking vomit from like all this shit. It's so nasty. Well, the other thing too is, it must be cold in there. Well, they had a roaring fire. I they mean, it did? looked like it was roaring in there. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing: the last thing they did was the milk bath, right? Oh, you think that shit was cold? I think it was cold. Because there was nothing keeping it warm, number one. Number two, when they had gotten in there, that milk bath was already sitting there, right? So even if it was hot when they got in there, by the time they did, they finished their feet with the oatmeal, they finished their butter massages, that thing would have gotten cold. And there's like the way she's sitting in it, she looks like she's cold. Okay. I, you know, I didn't even think about that. As a person who uh, hates to be cold, yeah. I, I, f I feel like, you know, the when you have a setting with that much fur and like Southwestern designs and yeah. like fires, it just feels cozy. It feels warm. 
So, I mean, I was more disgusted by the fact that they were in milk than thinking about the fact. Oh, I liked or not the milk thing. Cold. You like the milk because I I'm just, not going to say why. I just like the milk. Yeah. <laughs> I think it looks sexy and I think, I don't know why. You know, it looks sexy because of their skin tone. Two well, fucking pale white motherfuckers splashing around oh, yeah, in a fucking bucket of milk is not sexy. No. I'm sorry. There's no color contrast. It just makes white people look pastier. I know. Can we talk about uh <laughs> can we talk about Matt's like freaking silver dollar nipples? Uh, I'm gonna bring those up later. <laughs> I'm bringing those shit. up later. <laughs> I'm bringing those I'm up later. I'm not alone. They're uh, okay. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about nipples. But okay, so maybe we should talk about like what they you know their actual like dinner. I mean, whatever you whatever you want to say. I mean, I I, feel, I just felt like when I watched this date, it looked very genuine, and they looked very. I don't know that they looked in love, but they looked on their way to it. I mean, I just felt like yeah. I think so. There was something that came up. Uh, and I'm going to reference you and, and you can edit this out if you want to. Well, no, don't give me more work by giving me something to edit out. <laughs> I think it's fine though. So there was something that he, that he, he said, or something that I noticed from this date that I saw a little bit of, of, uh, comparison to you was that he talked so much about how much he loved her family. And he said, he said that he felt the most calm with her family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, of course, that that touches me because I'm the way that I am. And that was also something that I feel like Matt does want. Matt is turned that. on by that stability. And yeah. I, I felt like that moment was um, a big deal to yeah. him. I put that in my notes. Yeah, yeah. I think that meant a lot to him. And I think when he said that, I was like, oh, that's like, that's, a, that's an important thing for, for a man. Well, it's, you know, we... Matt and I have slightly different reasons for being into that, but uh, if it's something that you are into, I think it does become a big part. Of, a big part of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And I feel like that will come up again uh, further down the road. You know, I I think it's a recurring thing on The Bachelor, but this show is such a setup. Like, would the two of them be under the spell if they were just in Matt's small apartment in New York with his dirty clothes hamper in the corner and his, <laughs> and his room and Tyler watching Game of Thrones in the other room? You know what I'm saying? Like, look where they yeah. are. Look what they're doing. I mean, whether you think smearing butter on each other is sexy or not, like, they're still ha it's an experience. It's an experience you're having <laughs> with someone else. It's a real else. experience. Yeah. And it's like a story that you're always going to have. It's definitely a story. Yeah. It's a storybook romance because... A, you're on TV, which just romanticizes everything. And I will give Nima Colin credit. Like, it's kind of a dope spot. I mean, oh, yeah. there's tons of grounds. They obviously there's lots of very, I mean, it's much very, way more variation than Tasha's season at the fucking yeah. La Quinta. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Springs. Like, they're, they're, I mean, it's dope out there. It's, yeah. it's, it's cuffing season. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's, it's cold. It's, it's the holidays. Mm -hmm. It's nostalgic. Like they really are in a fairy tale. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Have you ever noticed too in the beginning the sign for Nima colon, the font changes like almost every episode? I think there's different. How many signs do they have? I think there's different like areas. Entrances. Maybe. There's like the apartment buildings that they show sometimes or like oh. the, the more like. Oh, yeah. Because they have like homes too. Yeah. They got like different little spots. There, I think it's I think it's massive. Compound yeah. Out there. It's like a compound. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, moving on. Mm -hmm. Next, we see Brie on the verge of tears, but not because she's sad about Matt, 
but because Rachel won't shut the fuck up about how sad she is that her boyfriend has two other girlfriends and it's prom night for all of them. I legit feel bad for them, perhaps worse than I've ever felt in my history with the show. These women all love the fuck out of this guy, and he has made them all feel really special. It is truly painful to watch. Michelle tries to keep it cool, but she is grinning from ear to ear as Rachel turns her jean jacket sleeve to seaweed with her salty tears. <laughs> we find out that Rachel is last as Bree freshens her eye makeup and tries to remind herself that sloppy seconds are still better than thirsty thirds. <laughs> Bree makes mirror face to herself and she definitely looks like a million bucks. It's funny how different these dates can go. While Michelle got a relaxing but disgusting spa day, Bree is forced to carry a heavy backpack and be on the lookout for snakes. <laughs> when the nighttime portion rolls around, I notice that their dining room looks suspiciously like some PAs quickly gutted the Dutch spa room and stuck a table and a couple candles in there. The two choose to forego their individual suites because, come on. And in the morning, Bree is stoked and she says the mandatory phrase, I could get used to this which is essentially the same thing Michelle said, as has every contestant that has ever had a sexy good time in the fantasy suite. As she rubs Matt's pecs, I am reminded that Matt is also in the big nipple club, which makes me feel better about my own shredded but non-small nippled torso. <laughs> the two make breakfast together, and I have a hard time deciding who has a better ass. <laughs> My nipples are not as big as Matt's, no, are they? But no. Matt does have large nipples. Large. But they're not, they seem proportionate. I mean, he's a pretty massive he's guy. He's big, yeah. They don't, he's, we've he's, seen him with his shirt off a lot this season, and you have yet to remark on his nipples. I don't know why we both just noticed them. Maybe because there it's were because closer Bree, shots. It's because Bree <laughs> was rubbing his chest, and we were looking at her hand rubbing yeah. his chest, and we were like, damn, that's a big nipple. Well, I think I noticed it with the butter. I think there was like a scene where- Oh, that's were, right, because you were already bringing it yeah, up. The, your, your note had already been made. Yeah, <laughs> the butter- the butter, I think, magnified it the nipple. Yeah. <laughs> it refracted the light it in such a way. refracted the light and it yeah. enlarged the... That his nipples Chris. looked like manhole covers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There's like a... Oh, what is it? What's the term? There's like silver dollars. There's another... A cookies. You know, cookies? Cookies, yeah. Girls talk about areola size all the time. Well, you know? Silver dollars are, I feel like, what you call the big ones. Yeah, there's silver dollars. Cookies, those sound big. Cookies are big ones, yeah. What kind of cookies are we talking though? Are we talking like, a, like a Subway, like small, like, like M&M cookie or like a big like Whole Foods chocolate chip cookie? Nah, dog, no, that's a, that's a titty. <laughs> <laughs> a titty with a cookie on it. Damn. But um, no, let's talk about Bree's date. So I felt so bad for her. Like she's not hiking she's gets she gets the worst dates like they, they've stuck her outside every time yeah no she did say she grew up four-wheeling when she was whipping that that jeep that is true that is true um but she looks fantastic she looks amazing as a couple they look so cute together yeah brie is definitely the shit yeah um no doubt about it and then what did i say i wrote her dress is so fire 
I can't remember what dress she was Dude, wearing. Dude, she wore that one dress a couple episodes oh. ago where like the whole back was just gone and there was like a little chain across the back. Yeah. And it was like, Brie, you are looking too good for TV right now. She No, so she wears this. She does a lot of off-the-shoulder stuff. So she'll do an off-the-shoulder sweater and she will she did an off-the-shoulder dress and it was like a rust color. I'm like, I need that dress. I need it. It's so good. I'm surprised you didn't notice it. I honestly, all I can see Brie wearing is her puffy her puffy coat. You know, it's funny because her room gets significantly nicer than Michelle's. Did you notice that? Which room? So the room that they go into for the fantasy suite. I felt like, okay. I mean, I definitely was trying to pay attention to stuff like that. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you were because I, I was kind of not, but I noticed it was different. I didn't necessarily notice it was better. You think Bree's room was better? Bree's room was, was better. It better or sexier or Sex, both? Sexier. It had a it had a um, fire fireplace. Okay. In the bedroom. I mean, technically, Matt and Michelle had been snuggling in front of a fireplace like all day long. And yeah. Then, and then got to go fuck in a hotel room. Yeah, but their room looked like the kind of room that my company gives me when I go to like <laughs> when I go like to work okay, in the Florida office. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got the, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. They got like the business. Yeah, they got the like business the business room. They got like the business extended stay suite. You know what yeah, I mean? I got you. Was there a kitchen though? No. Well, I mean, there might have been. I, you could have just not seen it. But yeah. it definitely was like that, like, waxy, like, hotel furniture, you know? Oh, like, man. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of paint. Yeah, a lot of paint. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of paint. A lot of paint. <laughs> uh, anything else to say about Brie? Um, I think. Besides the fact that she's cute as a button and cool as fuck and successful. I think she didn't sleep with him. Okay, great, because that figures into to down the road. Okay, so this is good. This is good. I love it when we're on the same page in different different ways. Mm -hmm. The final predate scene opens with a hurt looking Michelle, who we quickly realize is the next victim of Rachel's extremely vocal self doubt. She shoots a save me look to Bree, who literally floats into the room like her puffy coat is filled with helium. Rachel has herself a private cry, but steals herself for the mission. She shows up to the date with her third eye exposed, aka her belly button, and Matt stares directly into her uterus and imagines his babies in there. Seriously, it's a weird look for Rachel, who has had some good outfits on this season. It made me feel like I was about to be dumped by my high school girlfriend who had a cuter guy to meet after she was done with me. Matt can tell something is off immediately, and the producer's attempt at recreating the phantom love scene from the movie Ghost turns out to be an L. I feel super bad for Rachel because I know she is truly invested in this, but it feels more like puppy love to me, and I think to myself that Brie and Michelle seem like much better matches, though I think Matt is still scared of Brie's mom. Of everyone who has been on the show this season, I would still vote her most likely to cut someone. Rachel tries to tell Matt some real shit, and in true Matt fashion, he alleviates her fears by leaning in to chomp on her face mid-sentence. I kind of zone out as I am just feeling kind of icky for Rachel, because I know she's in love, but I can't see him picking her. I think they have great chemistry as two sexy, fun people, but I fail to pick up on anything real between the two of them. But Matt builds her up, and she goes all in, and she is definitely ready to pounce on him. They hit them with the fireworks, which in my book is also special, just for the connotation that they bring alone. They are together and in love, and how can literal fireworks not stoke the metaphorical kind? 
Apparently, all it took is a little attention and some vitamin D from Matt because the next day, Rachel is back and ready to party. <laughs> Do you think the producers made Rachel go last on purpose to try and get her to crack? Um, Maybe not to get her to crack, but they definitely did it because they wanted to save the best for last, I think. I, I really think he's into her, but I, I just I'm failing to see a connection beyond this sort of like lustful. Obviously, the the uh, parachute incident, whatever we want to call yeah. it, the skydiving incident that had a big effect. And, you know, uh, I, I totally think about like couples where maybe they're on like their third date and then something like traumatic happens, like they're in a car accident. I just imagine like definitely having feelings for somebody and then seeing them. I mean, it looked like she hit the ground pretty hard. Dude, she <laughs> she really hurt herself. I mean, like I understand that made him feel some type of way. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And yeah, he did. He he mentioned that when she's when she's kind of telling him that she's freaking out, you know, he mentions he mentions that story again and he alleviates, you know, her her concerns, as you say. Um but really, though, like, what the fuck is she wearing? It's terrible. Oh, the, the belly button shirt? Yeah. Dude, it was really bad. I thought it was actually really uncharacteristic for her. And I'm going to say that maybe her brain was just so addled that yeah. she just because I, she, as soon as I saw that, not only was her belly hanging out, but it was like kind of like, it was like a kind of like an angled cut, cut, you know, it like, was, yeah, it, like I said, that's why I said it. I felt like my high school girlfriend was coming to dump me. I was like, yeah, she's trying to look sexy, but in like this like weird childish way. I don't I don't it's, know. It was it's bad. like the and then the oversized like jean jacket. Like I know that's a look. I'm wearing a jean jacket right now. This Yours shit is, actually looks a little small. It's because it's I do not do oversized. <laughs> Listen, I'm too curvy for oversized anything. <laughs> I put it oversized anything. I just look You got like that a, uh that big uh green jacket with the billiard balls on the back. Oh yeah. But that one I makes a statement. What does one. it say? Like I'm not your bitch or something. I am on not it? your bitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that one's pretty cool. Yeah. Um <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I was upset about her outfit and I am glad that at one point she's like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I got to talk to you because this shit's on my mind. You know, that was pretty grown up of her to do that. And, and oh, she wasn't making much effort to hide her no. feelings. I mean, it was she was obvious from the second she walked up, she was projecting like, fuck, like I am not happy no. because Matt, as soon as he saw her, his, his smile went to like Matt's like pained and confused face yeah, which is kind of yeah. like his mouth kind of hangs open and he's kind of just like like he looks kind of like he almost looks kind of dumb just yeah. because he's like i don't know what to do she said <laughs> that was terrible i don't know <laughs> why that impression was so unflattering but uh you know he just is uh obviously he wanted to tap in and didn't know mm -hmm. how to do it um yeah because i think he just expected he was about to have just another fucking fun ass date like his last his last two i don't think he was even considering the fact that like i might have to do some like serious yeah uh you know consoling or whatever here yeah no i think i think he did he said exactly what she needed to hear and that com that completely changed her tone and i think that i can still hear you chewing ice sorry uh <laughs> And I should have had another drink. I, I'm like, I want a, another drink. And so I'm just sucking on my ice cubes because I don't have anything. <laughs> um, you know, I think she, you know, that set the tone for later in the night because then they kind of felt a little bit closer. He's he's definitely dropped L-bombs yeah, for so her. When we were talking before we started recording, you you said, and I, I'm if this happened, I missed it. But 
whereas the other two women both told Matt they were in love with him. He, uh, as you said, thanked them for their, so one, thanked them for sharing. One, he said, thank you for sharing that and kissed them. And the other one, he didn't even say anything. I think he just, he just kissed, kissed her. Because that's it was, Matt's deflection I think it was Brie. Yeah. yeah. So you think he said to Rachel something confirming? I know he didn't say, I love you, but he said- He said, I'm falling in love with you too. Okay. Yeah. And okay. that's not the first time he said that. I think, um, I think you know, I'm one of those people who I, I'm, I cringe. Like, I can't even watch like a like a sitcom, like uh, Charles in Charge or something, when like somebody's about to get embarrassed. You know, I have to like look away. It's like so painful for me because <laughs> I feel so. Uh, I hate being embarrassed. You know, right? Like maybe even more than most people. And um, so I think I felt so bad for Rachel in that moment that I had a hard time paying full attention because I just felt bad because I know you think that Rachel will, we'll get to this, but uh, you seem to think that Rachel, um, might even win, might even win. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, in that moment I was not me personally, I was not getting that at all. I was like, Rachel's about to have her heart like very broken. Really? That's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay, cool. Well, we can we can debate that. Um, do you have anything to add about Rachel's date? Oh, I meant to ask. I meant to add this before. And you thought they, that Rachel had an had the nicest hotel room of all? Yeah, she had an estate. They had a house. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I, they had a freaking house. Okay. See, I was checking for this stuff, but I thought it was just like a room in the house. You feel like they had a whole house? I'm sure there's going to be some memes about it somewhere. Like okay. they had like a straight up cottage, and it was gorgeous. Okay. But. I do want to say I want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. When Brie says goodbye the morning after to to Matt, did you see what Matt was wearing? <laughs> I know he had some little slippers on. He had he had like a sweater. He had a blazer, like a navy blazer. Well, he's always got a navy blazer. And then he had sweatpants and the most ridiculous looking slippers yeah, I've ever seen. Yeah, he had some seen. like pink like slip-ons. Yeah, like he chose... In my mind, he's like, he's obviously wearing, still wearing pajamas, but he chose like the most crisp, beautiful navy blazer to put on to go outside to say goodbye to her. Well, that's how you, that's how you elevate an outfit. Uh, it was not elevated. It looked, he looked like a homeless person that well, he just might found not, a blazer he might, on the side of the road. He might have just brought some pajama pants to sleep in and didn't think to bring uh, a hoodie. Yeah. You know what I mean? He probably just grabbed some shit. I literally, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't. Matt seems like a guy whose mom probably like did his laundry for him until he was like 25. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? So he probably doesn't know how to pack an overnight bag. <laughs> so I feel sick going into the rose ceremony, mostly because I drank too much coffee. But seriously, I am tripping. Someone is about to get really hurt. And I legit feel bad about it. Like really, really bad. He picks Michelle first, which seems like a no brainer at this point. I'm feeling so bad for Rachel, but I think I am rooting for Brie because she is the shit. And I know Rachel will be seen dating some Netflix series actor as soon as after the final rose airs. But in a surprise move, Matt picks Rachel. Brie remains ice cold in that moment, but I swear she shoots Rachel a quick death stare just to let her know what's up. America cries as Brie leaves, and I immediately cast my final vote for her as the next Bachelorette. She gave up her job for this. Bachelor Nation owes her some steady work. She is way beyond Bachelor in Paradise. Anything less than Bachelorette would be an insult. That's pretty much it, but 
in uh in regards to you saying earlier that you think Bree didn't sleep with him, uh, I am confident that Rachel got super nasty in the fantasy suite, like no doubt. Brie is super sexy, but I feel like she's got a little bit more of that holding back mm -hmm. kind of personality. Uh, Rachel was no doubt ready to suck a wedding ring through a McDonald's straw <laughs> if she had to. Um, so I know Rachel was like, I'm last. Mm -hmm. I need to hook this guy. You know, their date was kind of heavy. So I think she, was she the one who like threw him on the bed when they like got in the room? That might have been Brie actually, but yeah, I don't um, think she, I, don't I think Rachel a... got nasty. Oh, yeah. Full on. Yeah. Just, you she can do said, whatever you want type she shit. She said something like, um, how important intimacy was like as like a part of a relationship. So she basically and that's code word for being for fucking. Of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. Well, I guess intimacy. Yeah, I guess it is. And then and so she's referring to intimacy while Brie, when she's talking about her date, she says, I'm so excited to use this opportunity to talk about things like off the record. And like she was more she was more talking about the fact that they were going to be alone without cameras to like get to know each other better and things like that. So I knew right then and there when she said that she's not she's not sleeping with him. There's no way. They probably did some stuff though. Maybe, yeah. They definitely like made out. We probably saw her naked. They seemed pretty cozy in the morning. In fact, remember when we were talking about the previews, we were like, yo, he's spending a lot of morning after time with Bree. Yeah. Yeah. And he um yeah, they made like breakfast together, which I thought was so cute. It was cute. She looks amazing without makeup. Can you imagine? Dude, she's like, hot, dude. She's smoking hot. Yeah. I mean, she's she's obviously uh, a catch. I think she if she isn't the bachelorette, there's gonna be hell to pay. She's gotta be the bachelorette at this she point. She has like, to be. I'm sorry, like shout out, um, shout out Abigail. Abigail? Yeah. Abigail. Shout out Abigail. Uh does anybody else deserve a shout out? Not really. Mm, I mean, maybe Michelle, if Michelle doesn't get picked. Michelle's but. awesome. Uh, I really like Michelle. Michelle has really grown on me. Uh, I think she's a lot more beautiful. I mean, her personality is fantastic. She's just awesome. Yeah. But uh, Brie has got the like sort of just drop dead sexiness and she's successful. She's and smart. She's, she's funny. She's and cool. Funny and cool. Yeah. So, and just. I felt bad for her. She definitely looked at Rachel, though. She just ever so slightly well, turned her head she and looked knew. at her. She knew at that point. When he picked Michelle, she knew that it was Rachel that he you was going to pick. 100%, dude. The girls know that it's Rachel. I'm telling you. Mark my words. Okay, well, you know, they're, they're uh, the only reason why I'm going to even consider agreeing with you uh, but then I'll have another question for you. It's just because the way they just keep editing it, they keep trying to make it look like Rachel leaves. You know, they keep trying to force it on us. Remember, you thought Rachel was leaving, bruh. Yeah, I did. You were like, yo, check, Rachel leaves. Like, you were like so <laughs> confident in that, you know? But this whole time we've been talking, you're like, bruh, it's obviously Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> a ring-a-ding-ding. -ding. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like they've been showing... I really thought the scene where Matt's like, no, I'm not. And Chris Harrison's like, can you do this anymore, big guy? And Matt's like, I can't, bro. I thought that was going to be tonight. I know. I thought they so, keep too. Because they, they'll say coming up on The Bachelor. So they don't confirm that it's coming up on the next episode. That yeah. It was like Col Colton's fence jump. Remember the fence jump? Yeah, we yeah, kept yeah. thinking it was going to be jump that that episode. And then it never, it just kept, they kept showing it and it just never fucking happened until it happened. And then by the time it did happen, it was anticlimactic. So here's a question for you. So the Chris Harrison scandal, mm -hmm. right? 
So what do you think? A, Chris Harrison was so defensive of Rachel because he knew that Rachel had been rejected mm. and that Rachel's heart was super broken. And he was like, just, you know, he was trying to defend her because he was, he just knew her pain and mm-hmm. he he wanted to be like, leave Rachel alone because she's been through enough. Or do you think Rachel won and Chris is just, you know, he, he's like, this is the new fucking champ. Like, I better defend yeah. her because like, she's the new face of Bachelor Nation or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. what are the current face until, you know, the next Bachelorette? So, um. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? You, what is your take? Do you feel like either of those were a factor? No, I definitely think it's because Matt picks her and that's why he's defending her. I think. I don't think Chris Harrison is the that empathetic and sweet of a person. You don't think so? Man, no. I'm under his fucking spell. I know he's a fucking moron, but like when I watch the show, I'm like, ah, he seems like such a good guy. Nah, he's he's just a. Nah, he's an asshole. He's nice to the people because he's, I mean, everybody in Hollywood that's fucking rich and, you know, he's probably a control freak and he probably is like, this is my show, God damn it. You know, you can see him like right, right. slamming the door to his fucking trailer because he's like, this show wouldn't exist without me. Yeah. Fuck all of you. He just definitely has an air of arrogance. I am the bachelor, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> You're nothing without me. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Chris Harrison's like, who the f- are these random ass hoes? I don't know. I think he's, yeah, I think he was protecting her because he knew that Matt picked her. I think that at the end of the day, that's what it was. And I I stand- But look at how awesome Michelle is. I mean, when you compare the two. Yeah. Rachel is is beautiful and seems fine. I, I like her, but she's- I just don't think she's bringing a lot to the table, mm-hmm. including a family that was like, I mean, Estrada was not being fucking super cool about shit. And yeah, dude, Michelle's he Matt was so enamored with Michelle's loving family. Mm-hmm. Michelle is beautiful. She's cool. She's about Matt. Um, he knows she's a good person. They can they were both athletes, so they'll always have that to relate to. Yeah, which I wish we saw a little bit more of them like talking about that. We yeah, ne- they haven't really talked about do, that. Well, they do. The or have problem, they? The problem is, is like, we don't get to see them actually getting to know each other. We well, yeah, see we them- never see, I, uh, the, the outtakes always have the best. I know. The best stuff when like, when him and Katie were skateboarding, I was like, yeah. oh, that looks cool and fun. Like, when did that happen? Yeah, we don't like know anything about anyone. And it's because they just only put in these super generic conversations, which are, they almost feel like the producers, producers like feeding them these lines, you know. I don't know. Oh my God, Matt James said guard your guard my heart to uh, his dad. I'm like, are you? Did you really just say guard your heart he to probably, your like, ha- like hard as fuck African father? Dude, he's being uh, he's being assimilated by Bachelor Nation, yo. He's the vocabulary <laughs> is is ingrained in him now. It's too late. I just I just imagine me saying that to my dad. Like, what if he said to his dad, "I don't feel like you see me." <laughs> I just think about like, you know, like the immigrant, you know, parent. Like if I said that to my dad, my dad would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck do you mean? What? I don't see you. What the hell does that mean? (laughs) That's what my dad would say. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely, he definitely would. Yeah, Matt can't help it that he's been, uh, he's been brainwashed. I, I mean, 
you know, the Rachel thing, it's just, it's that kind of lusty love where I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like she would be really dedicated to him, but Michelle is obviously as far as wife material goes. Oh the, yeah. The better choice. I 100%. mean, the stable family, the like Good job. solid job, solid everything. She's just solid. And she's got, she's got plans for her future. Remember we were talking, I think during Tasha's season, maybe it was, oh, like about Claire and Dale, mm -hmm. about how they were so enamored with each other. But whenever they spoke, it was just like, this is awesome. Oh, do you feel this? Like, yeah, I'm really feeling this. Are you feeling this? I'm totally feeling this. Mm -hmm. This is so great. I know. It's just, I've never felt this way before. But like, they're not saying shit. Yeah, you know what they're saying? It's those two, <laughs> those two sound bites. I get the tingles in a silly place. I was Hard. That is the that is yeah. All that their sums up basically both sides of each yeah each story. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So you know. Oh, I by just, the way, I think they they got back together. Who Dale and Claire? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I saw they were working things out. But to be honest, I could give two fucks about either of those people. Yeah, you know, fuck gross. Them. I'm still glad that I think Zach and Tasha are still together. Yeah, kicking. So yeah, that one's cool. Um, all right. So any predictions, any summations, anything that you didn't get to say? We both think that Bree should now we're on the same page about that. Yes. Bree should be bachelorette. She will be. I, I think so too. Let's mm -hmm. hope so. Like I said, she needs a job. Mm -hmm. You know, if anything, they just owe it to her for that reason. Like, yo, we got another paid season for you. Yeah. Um, because you deserve it. Bree's dress is fire at the rose ceremony. Okay. It's like a black high neck. Well, they all had black dresses on, right? No, Rachel was wearing some weird i don't know if it was like it was like silk or something and then it looked like it was supposed to be backless but then it looked like she was wearing like a like a cami in the back yeah she she's definitely her outfits have kind of gone gone i think she's out of she's i don't out think of she's ever dressed well she had some okay dresses i thought remember Mama? we liked her in like a green dress one time because she had yeah. cool, cool earrings remember she had the earrings oh yeah but remember she oh that was in the first episode <laughs> maybe yeah but then um yeah, remember she had all the ruching with the weird sparkle belt? Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, so, all right. So, um, yeah, so. Just real quick, how do you think, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, Matt's mom's going to love Rachel because they're both rednecks, but then it looked like she uh, bonded pretty well with Michelle, at least in the Oh, because the Ma Michelle is any mother's dream. Well, that's true. Right? That's true. Like that's the girl that you would want your son to marry. 100%. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I'll be curious to see how it goes. But you still think she's he's picking Rachel, huh? I still think it's Rachel. Yeah. I think though the scene where he's um, you know, kind of crying on the curb and whatever. You know what I think that is? Hmm. Cuz there's his his mom is like kind of talking shit, right? She says something about like, "Oh, well, love fades" or something like that. Right. She says some really like pessimistic stuff. And you think that's going to make Matt cry that hard though? I think, Matt looks fucked up in that. I think she digs into Matt a little bit about it and 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 then he's questioning whether or not he he should even go forward. Damn. Okay. That's well, my prediction. All right. Well, I, I don't really have one. So let's see. Uh, I mean, Chris asks Matt in that moment if he can go on with the show. Right. And he says no. So, you know, they do this thing. They show they show both Rachel and they Michelle show crying. crying. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of emotions to be had here. I mean, you remember how complicated things got. I mean, God, what a terrible 
uh, finale. I, I don't even think I watched it, but you remember how sloppy things got with um, Peter the pilot and oh my god, plastic face, Snow White girl, and then who was the other? So girl? it was Hannah. Hannah, the that was like the model, the one who looked like uh, the one that a you cartoon said, character, yeah, like a Disney princess, yeah. And then Madison, Maddie. Oh, right. The sweetheart, the but virgin. The virgin who was too virginal for. And then there was another one too, right? I, I can't remember. There was, I don't know. But there it just got all mucked up though. Yeah, it got so messed up. Um, I don't really know what the point I was trying to make. Uh, oh, Kelly. Was. Kelly was the third one. No, Kelly had already left. Kelly excused herself from the show, remember? She was long gone. She was like, I ain't doing this dumbass shit. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, she's cool, but yeah. she still would not be a good bachelorette, even no, though she no, said no. she would do it. All right, well, uh, that brings things to a close. Um, we're both on Instagram, though. I may be needing to take a fucking detox soon, but uh, you can find Amanda uh, Alvarez as Mandy says, all one word on Instagram. You can find me, John Gregory, J Waves at official J Waves. And please. What you really need to do is follow uh, the Bachelor Massacre page on Instagram, just how it sounds, Bachelor Massacre. And you also need to, if you want this show to keep going, we need you to to share it and review it and rate it and do all the stuff that propels us into the limelight so that we are no longer um, under the surface <laughs> scratching our, our at the ice to let us out so we can breathe again. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah like subscribe prescribe 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 to your friends we got what you need yeah definitely follow us on instagram we're posting funny. pretty sure the only followers i think we're the it's only just followers. you and me but we dude, had a third guy who um immediately unfollowed us <laughs> because i think he thought you were gonna this was like your finstagram and you were gonna be posting like naked pictures there or something and then <laughs> When he saw our first uh, trailer or whatever, he immediately bounced. Yeah, no, definitely follow us. We're posting some fun memes on there. And that's where Are we though? We will. <laughs> yeah. If people follow us more. Okay, yeah. That's right. I don't blame you for not doing anything. It's like I'm the only one who's going to fucking see it. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. All right, everybody. Bachelor Massacre, your favorite Bachelor podcast that doesn't exist without you. <laughs> Bachelor Massacre. Bachelor Massacre.